topic today is this question of, of uh, minyanim, making a minion uh, under, under the conditions of coronavirus. And there's been really a few different debates, a few different very new approaches to how to make a minion that we've seen. And we're going to explore them. We're going to focus on where the debate first emerged, uh, which primarily has been uh, Bnei Brak and other, other communities in Israel. It's really much broader than that. Um, but uh, what I describe as Bnei Brak, Balconies, and Barhu, uh, the debate over, over Minyan that we've, uh, we've seen in Israel. So uh, we'll jump in now to the, uh, we'll jump into the handout, which hopefully everyone now can see. And uh, there's a really a wonderful picture in Macquarie Show newspaper, or a, a artistic rendition of, uh, of what, what it's like, uh, or what it's often like in many places where, you know, is, in Israel, there's many communities where uh, people live, live in, in, in large apartment buildings with, uh, with, uh, with mir pasot, with balconies or, or porches. And uh, this is an attempt to reconstitute Judaism on the porches. So you have, uh, you have a chuppah the, with the, uh, the, the chassan and kala on two different, uh, two different buildings. You have someone doing hagba across the way, and you even have a bris mila. I think that's maybe a little uh, wishful uh, to be able to pull that off uh, uh, through social distancing uh, uh, with the mole on one side of the baby on the other, but uh, just, you know, a very nice depiction of, of how um, in, in many places, especially in Israel, the attempt is to, uh, to continue a religious ritual at a distance. And uh, uh, just a written depiction by uh, Miriam Kosman, who's an uh, important author in, in, in the uh, Haredi community, who lives in Bnei Brak, and uh, she writes about how um, you know, this a few weeks ago, this was on April 5th, following that, uh, that first Shabbos when everything was closed, where she says the assumption was everyone was just going to be, was going to not have a minion, everything was going to be closed. But then it uh, turns out they were porch minyanim, and it helped that the porches uh, in B'nai Brak are, 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 are not one on top of the other, but are sort of staggered for, usually for sukkahs, that's very helpful for having sukkahs not on top of each other, but it also helped for the minyanim. Everyone would go out onto their porch and make uh, make a minion together. And she writes, and this is maybe the key that we're going to look at, uh, she writes, the halacha is that if the 10 people who are part of the minion can see each other, that is still called a minion, even if they are not under the same roof. So people participated from all the way down the block. And she said, basically, every, every uh, block, uh, every apartment uh, uh, complex had at least, a, you know, at least one minion, if not multiple minyanim, and just a wonderful depiction of, of uh, people having community, building religious community at a distance. Um, she even talks about how there was a birchas koanim, the priestly blessing, and they read the Torah. They set it up on the table. Someone read really loudly, was corrected. So our question is going to be, this is truly a, a, a wonderful, beautiful depiction, um, both artistic and, uh, and written, of, of what uh, what's been going on in Bnei Brak the last few weeks, and now these restrictions are being eased in Israel. Um, but in many communities in Israel, uh, the past few weeks, and now in, 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 in America, certainly in Lakewood, uh, as of a week and a bit ago, there's been a lot of discussion of having uh, what they call porch minyanim, because people uh, more often have houses rather than apartments, uh, and, and some places in Brooklyn. This idea of, of having a minion at a distance. People are not in the same room. They're not in a shul. The shuls are all closed. People are on their porches. Can you have a minion across uh, different buildings? So we're going to jump into the the uh, some of the halachic sources, both classical and uh, and more recent. There's really been a, an interesting controversy over this. Although, as you saw in in practice, um, most people are uh, certainly in, in communities that are overwhelmingly 
uh, uh, Jewish and observant people are holding these minyanim. It's actually a whole question as to whether, whether that's uh, appropriate or not. So we're going to explore that. We start with the Gemara and Sota, where there's this wonderful, uh, wonderful throwaway line talking about whether people, uh, whether people uh, who are behind the Kohanim during Birchas Kohanim, the Kohanim stretch out their arms. What if you're behind them? You're sort of not receiving the bracha. Does that work or not? And Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, Afilu mechitza shel barzel, uh, even a, an, uh, an iron curtain, so to speak. Can't separate between Jews uh, and their father in heaven, meaning no, no, no separation, no mechitza should ever, should ever be able to break up um, that uh, religious connection. And uh, you might argue based on that, that um, you can always form a minion across whatever distances. Although, uh, this is generally understood as teaching that once you have a minion, which uh, you know would generally be defined as having the quorum uh, in one place, in one room, then additional people beyond the ten um, can participate, uh, can be a part of the minion uh, at a distance. But generally, this is not understood as saying that you can form a minion with people in different places. This Gemara. We'll, we'll, uh, and in fact, that's if we jump to source four. That's codified here. If you have a minion of 10 in one place, in the shul, and they're saying, Kaddish Kedusha, all the Dvarim Shibikdusha, all the parts of davening that need a minion. Even someone who's not there, who's not in the building, who's outside, can answer, can participate. Some people say that uh, that only works as long as there's no idolatry or, or disgusting things. Uh, between the minion and the participant, but generally you can uh, you can join to an already existing minion even if you're not already in place. But our question is, can you form the minion itself if you don't have a quorum in place? Source number three here um, all, goes into also other details of how exactly if you have uh, trying to join the shliach tzibur with uh, with the tzibur, you want that you want to have the chazin connect to the to the rest of the group, and they're in different rooms. Um, or if you have a partial minion in one place uh, and not elsewhere, so Tisha Bigdola, the Yachid Bigtana, you have two adjoining rooms. If you have nine, uh, nine towards your minion in the large room and one person in the smaller room, Mitzdarfin, that adds up because the smaller room is sort of swallowed up by the larger room and, and that one person uh, joins. Tisha Bigtana, the Echa Bigdola, ain't a Mitzdarfin. But if you have the smaller room with nine and one person in the bigger room, that they don't add up. It's not as if it's one room. What seems to come out of this is there are these complicated rules of how to, you know, how to uh, have one person be swallowed up by the larger number. But uh, it would seem like, generally, if if the whole group is disparate, is in different places, you can't just say, okay, one person, one porch, one person, another porch, all the people on the different porches come together to a minion. It would sound like just reading the straightforward Gemara that this is not, uh, this would not be allowed. The source that many of these recent uh, chuvos, these recent responses cite to possibly allow for adding up people in different places is uh, is the Ashutta uh, Rashba, a responsum of, uh, of uh, the Rashba in the 13th, 14th century, where he, uh, yeah, he, he's talking about a shul, an interesting setup in a shul, which apparently was common, although no longer, um, where he says, she hey shliach tzibur omei beteva she gvoa asara v'rechava arba, so instead of, you know, they have a bima, the chazin with daven from the bima, but instead of it just being, you know, a, a step up or something like that, it's really its own, its own, its own building. It's ten tvachim high, it's four wide, it's its own platform. It has high walls going up. 
So it's almost like its own area. If you've seen, I think the, uh, uh, forgetting now, the Ramaz Shul maybe, they have, they reconstructed it where the bima is not just a bima, but there's these walls going up. It's really like a different, it's a room inside the building. So does that even work if your chazan's in a separate room? And he says, Does that work to have the Chazan do that? And as he writes, he quotes Rishim Generally, walls don't separate. But usually that's only if you have a full minion with the Chazan. You can't, you can't have a minion in one place and a Chazan somewhere, somewhere else, a different location, and just have them work together. That shouldn't work. So he gives two suggestions as to how to solve the problem. He first says, um, maybe the way that, 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 this, uh, that this shul is built, um, uh, the reason why you have this high up platform for the Chazan is in order for people to hear. So it's built that way in order to serve the rest of the shul. And maybe for that reason, it's considered it's considered part of the shul. So he really is because he's part of, he is considered part of the building. Even though structurally the, the chazan is in a different, a different room, but since functionally it's meant to work together, that's way, the way the shul was built, therefore it's as if they're all in one big room and that's not a problem at all. That's his first answer, not relevant for us. But then he gives another answer, I also say, it's possible to say, and those are important words, it's possible to say, as long as they can see each other, the various people in the minion can see one another, that counts as if everyone's in one room. And you can be mitzvah, you can join together uh, to, make, to make a minion, as long as you see each other. You don't need to be in the same room or the same building, you just need to see each other. Vidumya, he has a paradigm for this. Vidumya, the zimun, shalberchas hamazon, it's like benching. Ditznan. You can make a zimun even if you're not in the same room, as long as you can see each other. And uh, and then he says, He says when it says bais doesn't just mean room; it means the whole building. Fine, but the point is, it should it the way the the rules he's suggesting, the way that the rules of minion should work, should be just like zimun, just like uh, joining together a bench that. You don't need to be in the same room. You just need to be able to see each other, and that's sufficient. So we have two different paradigms here. We have the straightforward reading of the Gemaras, as, as they're seen by most, which is that you need a minion in one place uh, in order for that to work. Once you have a minion in one place, other people outside can join. But to form that basic quorum, uh, it needs to be in the same room. That's what seems to come out of the Gemaras, whereas the Rashba here is suggesting a different model uh, that roim elus elus seeing each other is also sufficient. That also counts to be in in uh, in a minion together. And the question now is, how does later halacha? How do later halachas uh, reconcile these different views, and how do they rule? So the most important uh, source for this next level is the is the Shulchan Aruch and the Beis Yosef, uh, right? The most important halachic code and uh, the Beis Yosef is his commentary or more extended. Uh, a writing that leads to that, where he talks about these, he talks about some positions that, that take uh, various stances here. Um, so we'll start halfway through source six. Matsasi shekasav rameno gadol Maria Buev b'shem gaon dimachnis rosho bechalon mitztarifim ma'im leminyan asar velo chilek bekach. So he has a, a position that if you stick your head in the window, that counts. You don't need to be in the building, 
as long as you stick your head in the window, that's good enough. And he quotes uh, Rav Hai, Misha uh, Omeid, you're standing behind the shul. There's a window. It's a very high window. And it's only a small window. And he shows you his face. So this opinion of Rav Haigon uh, seems to also be like that of the Rashba, that if you show your face, if you show your face, if you can see each other, it sounds like, that's enough to join a minion. So uh, this is cited among many other opinions cited in the Beis Yosef, but at least he gives some credence to the view that uh, seeing the face is enough to con constitute a minion. Um, but then let's see what he says in Shulchan Aruch, in his code. So he starts off by saying, You need the core, uh, the, the basic quorum of 10 to all be in one place, along with the chazan. You can't have the chazan in one room and the rest of the minion elsewhere. You can't have five people in one place, uh, five elsewhere. You need to have them all in one location. If someone is sort of right on in the uh, in the entranceway of the door, but they're slightly on the outside, and if you close the door, they'd be on the outside, they're considered outside. This is actually uh, a halacha. You know, most, most of these halachas that we've been discussing are things that come up uh, only now under these very extreme circumstances. But I, uh, I had the experience of applying this halacha many, many times, especially this idea of being in the other side of the doorway. When I was uh, uh, the Orthodox rabbi at Yale, so we had very often, we, uh, we have very, a relatively small community, very often our minion would have just the bare minimum. And sometimes people you know, would stand sort of in the back of the room, they, there was this doorway right towards the back and they'd sort of be a step in, a step out, back and forth. And I said, um, you know, uh, certainly under ideal circumstances, if, if we can, everyone, uh, everyone should be inside the room participating in the minion. You shouldn't take a step out because as the Shulchan Aruch says, if you're on the outside of the doorway, you're considered in a different room. And then if you don't have your 10, you don't have your minion. So it's, you're, you're putting the minion at risk by going outside. This was a, a frequent, uh, frequent topic of discussion. Actually, it just was uh, uh, reminiscing about this with, uh, with a former student of mine. Um, so it's relevant, it was relevant then, and it's relevant here under very different circumstances as well. But the Shulchan Aruch here, Paskins, he, he, he uh, rules that uh, you need to have the entire minion in a room. But then the very next halacha, the very next if, Misha Omer Achari Beis HaKnesses, if you're standing behind the shul, with a window, even if it's high up, and it seems like he's paraphrasing source six, what he wrote in source six, even if it's small, you show your face from there, you can join up for a minion. So it sounds like he contradicted himself. In source 13, he says everyone needs to be in the same room. In source 14, he says showing your face is sufficient. So what's his position? This is a bit of a problem that, that many, many, many commentators try to resolve. That's really at the crux of, of the uh, early sources on this issue. The, the Ramah, Rav Moshe Israelis, the Ashkenazi parallel, rules uh, similarly to Halacha to Seif Yagimel, if you have some people in a building and some people on the roof, those are considered different rooms and you can't join up. They don't add together. So it sounds like he's ruling, presumably even if they see each other, it sounds like he's ruling that seeing each other does not work fairly unequivocally. But what about the Shulchan Aruch? He seems to have contradicted himself between 13 and 14. And then just to make it even more complicated, in Seif Tesvav, uh, the 15th uh, uh, passage there, Imiktsasam Bifnim, Umiktsasam Bachutz, if you have a minion partially inside a building, partially outside, 
Humitzarfan. The Chazan is sort of in the doorway, one foot in one room, one foot in a different room. He can bring together the two, the two different rooms, the two different groups, and make one minion together. So what does that mean? Is that, does that work because it's considered one big room? Does that work because you don't need to be in the same room? You just need to see each other? It's very unclear how to understand uh, this, this Shulchan Aruch here. Um, just we'll quickly take a look at, at the Halachos of Zimun, which we saw the Rashba cited, and, and the Beis Yosef seems to be, and the Shulchan Aruch seems to be paralleling, at least in some of the sources here, that the Halacha is based on the Gvar and Brachos. If you have people eating in one house, uh, you can make a Zimun together. And, source number nine, if you have one person serving the meal, and uh, two different rooms have two different meals, but one waiter serving both of them, Shamash Mitzarfan, he combines the group. So some people say the Chazin, they, they draw the connection, the Chazin leading the minion is considered like the Shamash, he's considered like the waiter. And the, the Chazin can also join together the two different halves of the minion. So that's the parallel uh, that people make, the Rashba and maybe the Shulchanar here in, in Seif Tesvav, that people make, to, uh, to benching, which is cited in, in, in source 10 in the Shulchan Aruch. But we still have this problem in the Shulchan Aruch. What does he really hold? Does he hold that you need all 10 to be in one room? Or can you have uh, people in other rooms as long as they see one another? There's basically two different approaches to how to resolve the Shulchan Aruch here. One is that, uh, that source number, uh, that if you Dalid, that talks about seeing each other, that's not talking about a normal case of seeing each other. That's talking about a case of, let's say, where you stick your head fully into the shul. So if you stick your head into the shul, that counts. Because we saw actually in source number six, he talks, he cite, one of the sources he cited talks about that idea. Or maybe it's some other exceptional case like that. Um, uh, and uh, there, or maybe it needs to be really connected. The two buildings can't be really separate. There needs to be some degree of connection between them and then seeing is sufficient. But to just see each other at a large distance wouldn't work. That's one view. The other view is no. Source number 13 is either the standard case or a chumrah. So you get both explanations. Either it's a standard case, generally, you need the whole minion to be in a room. Alternatively, you have this other option of roim elus elu. If they see each other, then they don't need to be in the room. But 13, Yudgimel and Yudal are talking about alternate scenarios. That's one explanation. The other explanation is, some have raised, is tsarich, shiyu kol What does tsarich mean? It means you need to be. So when you say you need to do something, um, does that mean you, it's absolutely necessary, it's indispensable, without it you don't have a minion, or are we saying tzarech, it's preferable, it's certainly best for everyone to be in the same room, but if you can't do that, failing that, if you can see each other, that is also sufficient. So there's a bunch of different ways of explaining this, there's a huge debate among the acronym, the later commentators, and there's views on both sides. We're going to take a look at some of these views. Um, first, maybe the, the uh, coolest source uh, here in, in this context is the Chida in his Machzik Bracha, a book he wrote. The Chida, it, he writes about, just take a look at the first word here, uh, Varandado. And uh, you know, uh, he's, he's writing in Italy, if uh, you know, it's a romantic language, so it's a veranda, right? He's talking about a very, very similar case to what we're talking about. Verandado Shalamata Bechatzer. The veranda that's below a courtyard. And he's talking about joining together two different groups. He's quoting Rav Shairi on, on the matter and in the Knesset Dole and then a bunch of other sources. But the point is, it's an exact, it's a very similar scenario to what we have. You have two different uh, areas and two different levels, really. You have, uh, you know, the veranda over here with five people. You have another, another platform over there or the, the courtyard there with five people. Can you join 
for the minion or not. And he raises a whole bunch of opinions. Some say it works. Some say some say uh, starf and they don't join up. Some say mitzarf and they do join up. They argue back and forth. Um, uh, he quotes the pre who says you can join. And the question, part of the question, is whether if people are in different rooms. That doesn't make a minion. Is that only if they don't see each other, or even if they do see each other, as we just discussed? So, are there is is sight sufficient to make a minion, or do you need to be in the same room as well? Um, in the end, he says, "We'll be stringent like Rav Shiri. The reason why this is so cool, and uh, you know, it only exists. Uh, I, I typed this up, so there may be some errors, but this is uh, this is the uh, the printed edition from, and the Chida lived in the uh, the late 18th century. So we, we know where he lived at, at this time. Towards the end of his life, he lived in Livorno in Italy, even though he, he grew up in, in Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim. But this is the area that he lived, the, the, known as the Lazaretto in Livorno. And it makes you wonder, like you're looking, you say, well, are one of these things, uh, you know, one platform and the other one's another platform. You can try to reconstruct maybe exactly the scenario that he's talking about. Um, he also goes into, uh, he also goes into, oh, and, and others have noted we, we know that when he first came to, to Livarno, I think it was uh, uh, maybe 1776 or something like that, um, not a terribly interesting year in Italy, uh, but uh, at the time he had to go into quarantine because he came from Eretz Yisrael and there may have been some diseases, and he actually wrote Shem Agdolim, his book about uh, you know, giving biographies of the different uh, Talmudic greats while in quarantine. So maybe this question, he doesn't give more details, but maybe this question is about what to do in quarantine. You have you know, one group quarantined here with five, one group quarantined there with five, what do you do? Maybe that's what the background here is. So this is a very, very interesting and possibly directly parallel uh, scenario from, you know, over 200 years ago. He ends up discussing the Rashba that we spoke about. Um, and what, so, and the reason why he discounts, partially discounts the Rashba, remember the Rashba had been lenient and said, he suggested that maybe a minion is, can be constituted by sight rather than being in the same place. He says, The Rashba only said it as a maybe. He said, it could be, right? Uh, it's possible. He didn't say it's serious. He didn't say it uh, cert with certainty. And the Rashbash, a different Rishon, says that it doesn't work. So, you know, why would you favor the, the Rishon who's not even sure over the one who is sure? So for that reason, he wants to be stringent. The Archa Shulchan, uh, here in source number 12, uh, says that even if you want to join people through sight, that only works if they're in, it, they're not really in two totally separate areas. So he says, uh, he says, you know, let's say you're, you're in, one person's in the shul, one person's out, run the window right outside, or maybe you can join two people together in that scenario. If it's not really a full wall, it's sort of a semi-open, semi-closed. But certainly, and we don't know exactly how these are constructed, but the, uh, the, if you have uh, people in the Ezra's Nashim in the women's section, they couldn't, presumably that would be some raised platform, they wouldn't join with those in the, the main area of the shul. Presumably it would be two separate areas. Since it's two separate buildings or two separate, uh, two separate rooms, then you can't, uh, you can't be mitzareth across that. You can't join for a minion across that barrier. Um, this actually is an interesting question that's been raised the last few decades uh, about whether technically, um, you know, uh, an Orthodox halacha, uh, women are not counted towards the minion. 
but towards the original, the basic quorum of 10, but there's a question as to whether uh, they are, are considered like an adjunct. They're like, like just like uh, an adjunct to be added to the minion, just like the 11th or 12th man, et cetera. And this is one of the sources that would say uh, they're not because they're in a different area. Um, whereas others argue that no, you know, the mechitza, certainly the mechitza the way uh, where it's not on a different plane, but it's sort of just a, 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 you know, a thin wall, maybe that doesn't count as a separate area and maybe women do participate uh, count as part of the tzibur. That's another topic for a whole other uh, discussion. Um, came up uh, significantly, I think, in, in the uh, in, in the nineties, late nineties. But for another uh, for another time. Um, fine. So so these the, these sources that we saw the the chida and the aruch hashulchan wanted to be stringent and said you can't really join a minion. But there are other sources, the pre chadash, who who was actually cited by the chida, who says. Um, who says, if you can see each other, you can join up based on the Rashba, and he rules like that, that we can rely on this position. Um, so that's one of the lenient sources, and most significantly, for our purposes, the Mishnah Brura from the early 20th century, which is regarded by many, especially in the Haredi world, as the final word in Halacha, as really the default Halacha in all cases. Um, the, so the Mishnah Brura writes, Fine. He quotes him as a couple of Sifim. What the Shulchan Aruch says that you can't join together in different rooms, that's only if you don't see each other. If you're in two different rooms, even two different buildings, you can join as long as you see each other, just like by benching. So that's how he rules. Some people are more stringent, even if you see each other, if you're in different places. And now importantly, in a case where of difficulty, uh, where one's under pressure, for example, where there are uh, government distancing regulations, where you can't form a minion in person, many have said, there's room to be lenient and to allow people to form a, a minion, even though you're not in the same place. And the Bir Halacha, his more extensive commentary, he notes, It's better to be stringent under normal circumstances, but under, under non-ideal circumstances, there's room to be lenient. So this is very important. If the Mishnah Brewer says something is, is permitted, uh, even if he says it's permitted under difficult circumstances, you can bet that many, many people uh, in the Ashkenazi world will rely on him, even if it's against many other Achronim, many other uh, late, uh, late, late sources. And one complicating factor is, as you see in the picture here, uh, and many other ones, very often, if you have two apartment buildings with balconies facing one another, you'll have a street in between. So can you make a minion across the street? That's something that comes up a lot. In this picture here, you have a fellow reading the Torah to people, presumably across the neighborhood, across streets uh, in different areas. So does that work? Can you form a minion across the street? So uh, if, if we recall, the model allowing for minion based on site, site rather than being in the same room is benching. But in source number 17 here, the Shulchan Aruch about benching, he writes, um, he writes, yesh, uh, etc. Misha If you have people in two different houses or two different rooms and they can see each other, they can join together. But if the Rishus HaRabim is separating the public domain, the public road separates between the two houses, then they can't join together at all. And the Taz, commenting the Shulchan Aruch, says, 
Near the lab doctor, which is a Robin Mamish, doesn't they need to be a, a technical which is a Robin with all the regulations of that certain width, the certain uh, uh, volume? Even an individual's path. If you have a pathway between two houses that some person owns, it's not like it's two parts of one house or two parts of one property, but it's someone else's road that can also separate between the two houses. So this would pose a problem potentially for people uh, making a minion across a street. So now let's go to the recent positions, some of the, uh, the rulings that we've seen really over just the past month on these issues as this, as, uh, you know, as social distancing regime took effect and people had to figure out how they might make a minion without a shul. So the, uh, the most prominent position in this whole discussion took an early stance to allow these minyanim is Rav Moshe Sternbach of the Eda Haray. This The letter was published on, on Ches Nisan, um, but uh, I had heard the ruling uh, a couple weeks before that even, um, so really m over a month ago, had, had ruled that it's permissible to make, uh, to make minyanim on, on uh, porches or on mirpasot. And uh, we'll take a close look at his reasoning. Just keep in mind, Rav Moshe Sturmbach is not known as a big makil. He's not the most lenient among the sizers. He very often has, uh, has stringencies. Uh, and that's often he's known for very creative stringencies. He's very, uh, you know, very uh, uh, analytic and thoughtful halachist with a tendency to stringency. In this case, he's lenient. So let's take a look at what he has to say. And again, I, I uh, cut, uh, cut pieces from his decision and all the other ones we're going to see just for reasons of time and space. So he writes, If people who see each other across their windows or across their balconies, everyone can hear the chazin. They can join together with a minion, just like the Mishnah Bura said. We just read that Mishnah Bura, that that's, it's permitted to have a minion if you can see each other, even if you're not in the same room or building. Based on the Rashba that we saw, and he says, It's better not to rely on this. The Rashba himself isn't sure. In our case, which is uh, one of great difficulty, we can rely on this position. So it's not, it's not the ideal. It's not the ideal, certainly, to have a minion that's not in person, that's only over uh, through seeing each other, not in the same building. But one can rely on it if necessary. Umihu nireh kevan shehashba gufelo kasavkein elabederach efshar. The Rashi himself wasn't certain. He said maybe, and we're relying on that position. Umau diyeshem kama me rishon shachokim zel rashba. Some disagree with the Rashi and say you can't rely on this. Kosher hevi bar zeruv shemik onim to mishnei batam afagav the roins as they imit starfin. The opinions, some of which we saw, some of which we didn't. There's many that say you can't join together across different houses. And the Ramban im kain roi. Here's a, this is sort of a, uh, uh, like a, a little bit of a cheat to, to hedge the bets. That the chazin, usually if you have a minion, you, you, uh, if you dive with a minion, you have chazar sashats. You have repetition of Shmon Esri. That's a whole lot of brachas that you're saying that you wouldn't ordinarily say. And if it turns out that you don't have a minion, those are bracha levatala. That's a wasted bracha. You're saying God's name in vain. Because you're, if you don't have a minion, you shouldn't be doing Chazar Sashats. So here's, here's the, the hedge, which is the, the Chazan, the person uh, reading the Shmon Esrei, should have in mind that if 
if it turns out that this minion is illegitimate, which it might be, according to many Rishonim, it is illegitimate. If it turns out that this minion is illegitimate, his, his Shmonesrei should be a Tfilat Nadava, should be a voluntary additional Shmonesrei, which one's allowed to do, the general practice is not to, but it's technically permitted to have a voluntary Shmonesrei. So you should have that in mind to hedge the bet. If it turns out that the Rashba is wrong, this isn't Chazar Sashat, this is an additional optional voluntary Shmonesrei, so it's not a Brachel of Atala. So you see, Rav Sternbach here is not so sure. He says to do it, he says you can rely on it, but he says to hedge your bet. And he continues, What if there's a path between the houses, which we just saw in the Shulchan Aruch, the idea of, of uh, the road, a Rosh Hashanah, a public or even a private domain separating. So he has a very creative solution to this problem, right? What if you have, let's say, five apartments here, five apartments here. You need both sides to make the minion across this road. How do you do it? The way to do it, he says, is by is by making sure, or you can only count people who are on a mirpesed on a balcony that are ten tefachim above the ground. On the ground level, it won't work because you have the shesrabim. But above the ground level, on the mirpesed that's in the air, that's above ten tefachim, that's not considered a shesrabim. It's not considered a public a public domain. He explains that a bit lower here. On the near ladun, the kasher omdim. If you're above ten tefachim, the road in between doesn't separate. Because this is a principle he borrows from Shabbos, from the laws of, of carrying uh, in, in public on Shabbos. The public domain only extends up ten tefachim, about three feet. Be higher than that, it's not considered the public domain. That's airspace. It has a whole different status. So the, the only separation you're going to have between two houses is on the ground level. But anything higher than the ground level, above 10 tefachim, that's, there's no separation because the Rosh Hashanah doesn't extend into the air. It's a very creative idea. One could have argued and said, well, that definition of Rosh Hashanah is for Shabbos and for carrying. Here we're trying to define if something is one property or not. And that this would still divide them. One could have argued like that, but he's lenient and says you can have a minion across have a minion on balconies across the public domain as long as they're above 10 tzvachim. Um And then he goes into a little bit of detail when you say they need to see each other. What exactly does that mean? Who needs to see whom? And he says it all depends on the shots, on the shliach tzibur, that the chazin needs to see everyone. But that means that you, know, you end up with a bit of a complication, right? If everyone's facing the same direction and the chazin's in front, and then the chazin isn't seeing all the people. So you need to set it up such that the chazin can actually see the other people. So that's, that's his resolution. We'll get into more details in a few minutes. But his basic position is, you can count for a minion. He relies on the leniency of the Mishnah Brura with the hedge that he should have in mind uh, a tonight, condition that if this is wrong, it should be a Tzvilas Nadava. And you can do it across Rosh Hashanah as long as you're in the air. Very important uh, decision that, that many people in Israel followed. Now, on the other side of this issue, um, I think the earliest and one of the stronger voices has been from Rav Herschel Schechter of YU. Um, so we'll read um, much of his article or his short, his short tshuva, his short response here on counting for a minion. Um, he starts out by talking to people, everyone's on Amir Peset, and they're next to each other and they can see each other. Some have said, referring to Sturma, some have said you can join up for 10 for a minion, for 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 shots, all of those things. I'll the very Mishnah Brura, based on the Mishnah Brura. You can rely on this in difficult in situations of difficulty. He says though, and he notes this comes from 
this comes from uh, the Chida the, and the arguments there. Um, fine. And part of the idea is Shlo Yisbatlo Arbaim Yom Milomar Kaddish V'Kedusha. Yeah, this leniency, uh, you don't want to go 40 days without saying Kaddish or Kedusha. That would be bad uh, spiritually, so you can rely on these leniencies. Presumably here there's something similar, the risk of long-term without minion. Achein Kulazim Kashemod. But this is a very difficult leniency. And he says it's all based on the idea of Zimun, right, as we saw in the Rashba, that he compares benching, joining to bench as a group, to joining as a minion, to daven together. And he says the Rashba himself isn't sure, and it, it uh, doesn't sound like this. Sounds from all the Gemaras, you need a minion in a room. And the, the, the Zimun is different. That's not, Zimun's not Dharma Shaktusha. Zimun is a different standard. So that's why by benching, you can rely on seeing each other, but that has nothing to do with davening. Very, very weak uh, to a line of argumentation. We shouldn't rely on this. And uh, the Mishnah Bura even notes that the Rosh Bash argues on the Rosh, but there are other Rishon who disagree. So even by benching, they disagree. So you certainly shouldn't rely on this here. He goes into some more detail. Um, uh, he tries, he draws a contradiction between the Mishnah Bura in two different places. So even the Mishnah Bura's position is not clear. Um, and here he applies it to other areas, to uh, situations similar to the one I faced uh, in, the, in the Yale minion. A lot of times when you have a minion at an at a Avel house, in, in a normal year when we can actually visit Avelim in person, we have small rooms. You have eight people in this room, seven in that room. And they say, well, you know, they can see each other. It's good enough for a minion. This is not right. We shouldn't rely on this of Roim Elus Elu. That is not a, a valid leniency under normal circumstances either, right? In, the, in, a, in a minion in a Avil house or any small area. And the same thing in Shul. He says, same thing in shul. You have part of your minion. Your, you know, you're, you have less than a full minion in the shul in the uh, in the men's section, and you have less than a minion in the women's section. And they don't join together. That's not a minion. You shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't do this. Um, fine. Then he talks about some other areas of uh, Mikra McGill and other halachic areas. We'll, we'll skip that for now. And in addition, you shouldn't have minyanim in just the field, open field, do social distancing. You shouldn't do that either because there is a certain danger you're entering. It's not worth the danger. Um, okay. I, uh, I'll now take a couple of questions. It looks like there's a couple of questions in, in the chat. Um, or at least in the, in, yeah. So, um, I'll read for the people who think that site works. Do they think that everyone has to have the rest of the quorum in sight, or are they also allowing a chain of seeing? One person sees five others, when these people themselves see four others works. I think there's a, a big dispute about how that works. Do you just need the chazan to see, or everyone has to see? If everyone has to see, do they all need to see everyone? Does everyone need to see a minute, or do they only need to see each other? I believe there's some debate about that. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, uh, bring in all the detailed questions, but it's a great, great uh, question on details to be worked out by every minion. Would seeing someone on a video screen be sufficient? So no one has raised that possibility here. Interestingly, uh, for, for these purposes, we'll get to Rav Yitzchak Yosef talks about something similar. So hold that thought, um, hold that thought for a minute. Okay, so that's, that's the most basic fundamental debate here. 
um, between, between Rav Sternbach and Rav Schechter, which is, should we rely on this leniency of the Mishnah Bura? It's, it's a leniency. It's, it's, uh, it's not at all obvious from the, it seems to go against the Gemaras. It's relying on a Rashba who's not even sure. It goes against other Rishonim. It's not clear that the Mishnah Bura himself is even fully uh, uh, on board with that position. So should we rely on that or not? That's, that's the question here. Let's work, on, work out now some of the details uh, here. So we talked about in, the, in the, first, uh, the first source, talking about what's going on in Bnei Brak, it talks about people reading the Torah, doing Berchas Kahanim. So what about those? Are, are those, can those easily be done or is there some complication along the way? So Sturmbach talks about reading the Torah and think about this for a second, right? You're reading the Torah, so you have, let's say, one person with their Torah on their Merpeset and you have a bunch of people on their other Merpesets. So think about how reading the Torah might or might not happen. In terms of getting a quorum, it's the same as, as davening. Seeing each other is sufficient. But what about getting an aliyah? First aliyah, the person with the Torah goes. The first few aliyahs, the people who are there, go. That's easy to do. What about... You know, you have uh, one or two people at this at this uh, porch minion, this porch. They already had their aliyos. What do you do now? Give aliyos to everyone else. Give a, give an aliyah to Chaim Yankel down the block. So how does that work? You can't see the Torah. You can't read inside. You're supposed to read inside the Torah when you get an aliyah. It says you can rely on the gra, which is cited below. The summa yacholalos the Torah l'diday afsheino kari v'Torah. We, Ashkenazim Paskin, that a Summa, someone who's blind, is allowed to get an Aliyah, even though they can't, obviously they can't read the words. Getting an Aliyah, you don't need to read the words. Why not? Hearing the Bracha and hearing the reading of the Torah in this case is like saying it. It's as if you read it. You don't need to read it because you heard it and that's good enough. So you, even though you say the Bracha, it's your Aliyah to read the Torah, you don't need to read any words of the Torah with your eyes or with your mouth, as long as you hear the Baal Kore uh, reading it, that's sufficient. What about, uh, usually people walk up to the Sefer Torah, that's honoring the Torah by going up to it to get an Aliyah. Theoretically, though, you can get an Aliyah a block away, and in fact, that's what Shermach suggests that people do. Better to have the person a block away get an Aliyah, uh, that way you can have everyone get an Aliyah instead of instead of running out of, uh, of running out of people if you don't have enough people on the spot. Um, fine. And then he notes it's a chovas at Sibur. Fine. You don't have a personal obligation. So, uh, but that's the way he suggests doing it. We'll take a look here. There's source 22. The Shulchan Aruch has a debate about, about whether a blind person can get an aliyah. The Shulchan Aruch, the, uh, 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 the Shulchan Aruch himself says, Suma eno kore. A blind person can't read the Torah. Even if he knows the Torah by heart, uh, we're supposed to read the Torah inside from a text. You're not supposed to read Sukkim by heart, certainly in Kriyasa Torah. But in the, the here, this is uh, in italics, presumably from the Ramah, uh, citing the Maharil, well, the founder of Minhage Ashkenaz, or one of the main ones. Maharil kasa the Akshav Kore Suma, a blind person can get an Aliyah. It's just like we give an aliyah to someone who can't read, an amaret, someone who's uneducated and can't read. He's not getting an aliyah. So Asuma is no different. Asuma also can't read. That's the, that's the, it should be the same thing. And uh, therefore, a blind person can get an aliyah. And in fact, 
um, this is spelled out further in source 24 here. What if you have a shul where not everyone knows how to read the Torah? This is, uh, the, well, the, so a little bit of history. Originally, um, every person who got an aliyah would read their aliyah. This is how it still exists in some, uh, some Edota Mizrah communities, but overwhelmingly, the way nowadays it works is one person lanes the whole parsha or parts of the parsha, and you get an aliyah, you're not necessarily, you didn't, you're not necessarily, you're not reading it out loud, and you're not necessarily uh, even reading it quietly if you don't know how to do that. So, so this is talking about that sort of situation. Basically, you only have one person who knows the laning. Someone can have an aliyah. So what do you do? You have the, the person who knows the laning gets all the aliyos. If no one else knows how to read, the person who lanes gets all the aliyos. That's the Shulchan Aruch. But the Mishnah Bura points out, based on the Ramah that we saw, that uh, it's better to have uh, we give alios to the Namar, someone doesn't know how to read, and afilo any of the alikros, mikra, and that's better to do that. You want to get seven different people to get alios. Better to have seven different people get an aliyah, but not read it, than to have one person get all seven alios and read them. And each of those seven people, they'll say the bracha, they won't read the Torah. The, the person laning, the Valkyria, will lane for them, and that works. And how does it work? This is what, uh, what Rishon, Rav, uh, Rav Sternbach said, is Shomea Ke'ona. You're hearing the laning, it's as if you read it. So that's one approach. That's Rav Sternbach's approach. This has, uh, there, there are other views. Rav Usher Weiss, who also has an important tshuva, allowing, uh, allowing uh, minyanim, uh, a cro- a, you know, a cro- porch minyanim or, or mirpeset minyanim, he himself, um, and we'll, t- uh, we'll first look at this, and then we'll look at his view there. Um, the, uh, the bottom paragraph here, Masha Kasav Echadagdolim, what one of the greats wrote, referring to Rav Sternbach, the Kevin Chenogim Ashkenaz, the Halo Sumo Torah, just like a blind person getting Aliyah, you can also give an Aliyah to someone a block away on a different balcony. This doesn't work. You need, a, you need to go up, it gets called an Aliyah. You go up. You ascend, or at least you you go towards the Torah and stand next to it. Because of you can't do that at a distance. So he doesn't like that at all, and he says he has an extended discussion. We're not quoting all of it. The person laning can get all the alios. Whoever's on that balcony can get alios. If it's just one person, that one person gets all the alios. People on other balconies. Don't get alios. That's just how you do it. Very simple. That's not our normal minhag. Usually we have different people get the alios. Okay, it doesn't make a difference. It's not in this case. It's not necessary because there's no other option. Now, just before we go forward, we should take a look at Rav Usher Weiss's more general remarks about this in in very short form. He has a, he has a lot to say, but he says um, he talks about apartments. Uh, what about inside an apartment where, let's say, um, you know, let's say you don't have a mere peset but you want to have a minion inside your apartment building. Your apartment building has multiple apartments and whatever, let's say you have 10 apartments um, and everyone, you know, you have one representative per apartment and uh, you have your minion in the hallway. So there's a whole question of, well, does, does the stairwell in an apartment building count as a different rishos, a different area or like a road? Is it the equivalent of a road, a pathway, a thoroughfare to break up the minion or not? So he says he doesn't, if it's just, if it's an apartment building, this, this path is only for the people in the building, 
It's not only not a public public road, it's not even really a private path, it's just your own property. That's what he says there. And then he throws in another line that I think is very important. This is a case of difficulty. It's not only difficult because it's hard to get a minion, but he says, We're trying to avoid major, major dangers. Therefore, you shouldn't have people too close. A reason why he's being lenient here is not just in order to have a minion, but if you don't allow this minion, this apartment minion or something like that, other people will, you'll, people will actually congregate in person. So, you know, there's a, if you tell people don't have a minion at all, they'll end up congregating and will endanger each other. So it's better to say have a minion that's a little iffy in order that people not uh, create that danger. Very, very interesting perspective incorporating public health into the discussion as well. We're running low on time, so we're going to have to skim through of Yitzchak Yosef, um, former Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, current Sephardic chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, and um, I'm sorry, current uh, chief rabbi of, of uh, Israel, Sephardic chief rabbi, who's, uh, who, uh, who also does not like these minyanim. He goes through the whole discussion, all the achronim, all the commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, who, who, and he, he believes that the majority understand that uh, seeing one another is not su- sufficient. You need to be in the same room. He says, still, even though you're not in the same room as each other, as we saw, if there's a valid minion going on elsewhere, you can sort of join. You can be the plus one. So you can answer a main to their brachas or whatnot, although it doesn't really count as a minion. But if, you know, if a group of, he says, Ashkenazim, who can rely on the Mishnabrura, if a group of Ashkenazim relying on the Mishnabrura having a minion, you can join in and say amin. But he has a better idea. And this touches on what someone suggested before. <clears throat> um, Yes. So uh, Asher al Kane, here he, he writes, uh, you can do that. Fine. He says, Asher al Kane, telephone, it's possible to join by telephone in a live broadcast, in a live minion, and presumably the telephone, certainly Zoom. A group of 10 people in one place, if it's done legally. And he says, There is a news reports of these minyanim going on for people who already have coronavirus, who are in these hotels um, to be quarantined in a hotel, but they already all are sick. So they can join with, they can mix with each other. They would hold minyanim. So those are minyanim that are, that are valid minyanim. They're legal minyanim. And so, and there's apparently there's one minion at the hotel. If you call in to that minion, there's no problem at all with answering Amen. Why? What's the standard for saying Amen? If you have a valid minion in one place, as long as you can hear them, you can say, you can say Amen. And there's a lot of sources for this uh, discussion in the Gemara about the Shul in Alexandria. We're not going to go into all the details, but he says, since this minion is definitely good, it's a group of 10 in one place, it's better than a balcony minion. So better to call in by phone to one of these in-person minion that are happening somewhere rather than to rely and to say amen, rather than to say amen to the uh, to a balcony minion. He's not 100% sure that it counts as Tzil B'Tzibur. It maybe counts as something, but so here it's not even, he's not even sight. So he's not saying you certainly wouldn't be able to count as part of the core 10 of a minion over phone or over Zoom. That's certainly not sufficient. He doesn't even think sight uh, in, in a direct sense. Uh, is sufficient, but you can count as someone who hears it, who's hearing what's going on and say, Amen. 
talks about, well, what about what we saw in the Shulchan before? What if there's Avodah Zarah or something dirty along the way? But if you can't see it, that may be all right. But that's his view. He says he doesn't like balcony minyanim. And he says you can answer Amen to, uh, and, and, and hear Shmon Esrei and, and et cetera, hear Chazar Zashatz from a minion in person over the phone. Um, and that's even better than answering Amen to a balcony minion. Now, uh, uh, one quick word about Lakewood. Lakewood, as of uh, eight days ago, said that people could start having porch minyanim. They, in terms of Kriya Satora, reading the Torah, they write, people should not get alios from other porches, even though there is a hurrah from a gadol saying that it is permitted. Even though Rosh Sturmbach says you can get alios from other porches, we don't want to do that. They end up uh, ruling like, uh, like uh, uh, Rav Asher Weiss. But, so that's their view, and they read the whole letter here. Um, we'll go into some details. That's sort of a late addition to the discussion here. Um, quick, a quick line about Berchas Kanim from Rav Sternbach, and this goes to show his position. If you recall, he says, you can have the minion, but it's sort of doubtful. So it's better to do a Tznai for Shmon Esrei. So he also says, even though in theory, doing Berchas Kanim should be the same standard as Shmon Esrei, as, as davening with everything else, Mihu came on the Eshcholk Malar Rashba, since some disagree with the Rashba, so the, with the argument that seeing is sufficient, it's better that you not do Berchaz Kohanim, but it's, it's unseemly, it's improper to not to have, to skip Berchaz Kohanim if you have Kohanim there, so the Kohanim should leave, should leave uh, their porch uh, halfway through Shimon Esrei so as to not be uh, there when you're skipping Berchaz Kohanim. It's a problem if they're there not doing because there's a, a, a bracha. You should say Berchaz Kohanim, but if you leave, you're not there, that's a, that, that, that you're zavid. Why does he not want them to do Berchaz Kohanim? You don't want to enter a, a doubt of a Brach Levatala. Remember, the Rashba himself was unsure as to whether this should be relied on. So it's a suffix. If you say a Bracha of Berchaz Kohanim, that might be an unnecessary Bracha. Brach Levatala, that would be a problem. He says you should avoid that by not doing Berchaz Kohanim. Wow. Um, so, so that's, again, shows his view. He's somewhat, even though he's lenient, he's also very iffy about it. And now maybe the, the most powerful line of this whole discussion at the end of his psaq, all of these decisions I'm writing based on my judgment. I don't have sources. No one talks about our situation. I'm, I'm you know, doing the best I can to draw inferences from the existing sources, but there are no sources that talk about our situation. We need to think about this more. This is our preliminary decision. We need a decision now, so this is it, but there's a lot to think about. There's a lot of open questions here. Very powerful to see the halachic process in action, a new situation that never has come up, at least not at this scale and not with these details. Postkim uh, grappling with it, coming to different, very different conclusions. You can have a minion, and do everything, which some some say you can have a minion, but don't do berachas konim. Or if you're doing kriyas Torah, do it in per, do it. Uh, you know, have someone say a bracha from across the street or not. All of these details are being worked out in real time, just over the past uh, month or so. For the, the last few minutes, we'll try to understand what exactly is, or one of the things that's at stake here. What's what's going on? Why is there this machlokas? So part of it is how to evaluate the various sources. Is you know, what does the Shulchan Aruch really mean? How much should we rely on the Rosh? But that's one, one aspect of the Psaq. But there's another aspect of the Psaq that's, uh, I, you could call it a public policy uh, set of concerns as well. Uh, uh, so let's, let's think about that for a minute. In order to do that, it may help to think about other 
issues, other discussions, other disputes about how to have minyanim. And very much uh, in summarizing, there's an article in the Times of Israel talking about how online services mean many synagogues are seeing greater attendance. This is uh, most, mostly was talking about non-Orthodox synagogues that um, you know, now it's, uh, they're seeing their numbers go up during the week. Uh, in some cases, uh, they're, they're the, what they would hold on, on, uh, on Shabbos as well. But uh, you know, having, having the opportunity to have online minyanim, not over porches, but over Zoom, is something that's, that's a real opportunity for a lot of uh, shuls in different ways. So that's one thing that's been happening is Zoom minyanim. We're not going to talk now about a Zoom minion of trying to get uh, actually count for a minion. I don't know of any Orthodox community that says that a Zoom minion, where you have a group of 10 only seeing each other over Zoom counts. So at least within the Orthodox community, that's not, that's not something that's been done. Counts to be a full minion. But there are a couple of other things that have been developed that are you know, to count for quorums for certain things, not a full minion. So Rabbi Seth uh, Winberg has an article saying you don't need Zoom or Skype to say Kaddish without a minion. And he summarizes here a few different approaches. First of all, he summarizes Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef, um, that uh, you can join via phone, or he says the web, which I don't think Rabbi Yosef mentions, but it would logically follow. Um, uh, to have a minion, Rav Malamed has, uh, based on Rav Malamed, some have argued, and I quote the decision below, we're not gonna read it here, that it's possible to have Kaddish uh, over Zoom. Why? Because Kaddish isn't really, you don't really, you know, if you, if you do Kaddish without a minion, it's not so bad. It's not a bracha of Atala. So, you know, there's, there's room to allow for that in cases where someone feels a real need to say Kaddish. You can have Kaddish over Zoom, even though it's not actually a minion. It might, there's a small chance that it's a minion. You can't rely on that, for, but if there's no stakes, there's nothing at stake, there's no risk. Worst case scenario, he said a lot of things praising God, but it's not a bracha of Atala. It's not a uh, saying God's name in vain, then we can allow that. There's a lot of suggestions. Uh, Rabbi Winberg himself suggests, instead of saying the usual Kaddish, saying these prayers, these sort of modified Kaddish that uh, are, you know, based on Pesachim, are based on other formulations that are not the standard Kaddish. And these can be said over Zoom, and there's uh, groups. He notes there's a, a minion, Rabbi Benjamin Samuels, in, uh, in the Boston area, has they, as a group, they learn Torah together, they daven together, not as a minion, but just as a group davening together, and they have Kaddish of these modified forms of Kaddish, which don't actually need a minion. So I guess the question here is, what exactly is at stake? And is there some connection between the development in the Haredi community of allowing, with a, this great leniency of allowing porch minyanim, and at the same time, a parallel development in Dati Lumi and modern Orthodox communities of coming up with ways to have uh, Kaddish, either Kaddish proper over Zoom or some modified version that isn't exactly Kaddish. What exactly is going on here? So my, my thought was, at least one, one thought, is in addition, there's two different uh, issues here. One is the idea of davening with a minion. Davening with a minion is very important, but as in source 34 here, we're not going to read it inside. Rav Asher Weiss says, and this seems to be the main position, although some disagree, dotting with a minion uh, is not a choba. It's not an obligation. It's something one should strive to do. It's very important. Um, you know, you're going to have a hard time finding a rabbi saying it's not important. It's very important, but it's not an absolute obligation. So, if, so given that, if it's really not an obligation, you think, why, why are people going out of their way to rely on leniencies and to possibly have a brachla batala in order to have minion? I think um, and part of the story here is that in addition to the halachic uh, a halachic obligation for minion and qualifying for minion. There's also, for many, many people, there's a deep personal connection to minion. People really feel 
I've been I've been dominating with a minion my whole life. I never miss a minion. What makes me, uh, you know, what makes me a, a very serious, from observant person is the fact that I dive in regularly with a minion. That's central to my identity. And if, if you say to those people, there's no way of having a minion at all for the next month, for the next two months, for however long this lasts, that would be extremely difficult for them. That would, be, that would hurt their religiosity, hurt their religious practice. Afterwards, who's to say they'll be able to come back? So there's a lot of reasons for people certainly in the Haredi community, for people to feel like they, they have an opportunity of dominating with a minion. And in parallel, I'd say there, there are some people like that in the Datilumi community and the modern Orthodox community. I'd say the number is smaller, but there is also a group of people who feel a very deep need to have Kaddish, saying Kaddish is meaningful for them religiously, it's meaningful for them, meaningful for them in terms of their connection to their family, and you re they really need that. You can't take Kaddish away from them. And in both cases, in parallel, in the Haredi world, you're finding leniencies and workarounds in order to allow for having minion, even if it's not so simple, even if it's a cool, even if it's a leniency. And in the modern Orthodox and Datilumi community, you're finding workarounds and ways of having Kaddish or something similar to Kaddish because people really need to have that experience of Kaddish. One final thought, which is the places where these, uh, where these minyanim are happening, for obvious reasons, the porch minyanim are happening, are places where there's extremely dense uh, dense, densely populated by observant Jews. It wouldn't work otherwise, right? If you had one observant Jewish family per building, you wouldn't be able to have a porch minion. And part of the question here of why why it's taken off in the in the Haredi world, but this hasn't happened so much in the in other in certainly in the America in modern Orthodox communities. Part of it, part of it, of course, relates to the psak and the different decisions that are made. But part of it is uh, also a pragmatic matter. It's it would be hard in a community that's spread out, that doesn't have a, a dense enough population, it would be basically impossible to do this. So this is also only a possibility in, in the parts of the Haredi world. But I think maybe, I think the deepest explanation of this is, as we said, that um, more than Jews need to daven with a minion, uh, halakhically, there's that deep feeling from among many that they need to be able to connect to a minion, they need to be able to say Kaddish in, in uh, different scenarios, and it's even though it's it's a dubious proposition. It's very complicated. It's not clear that this can be relied on. But the the rabbanim, the decisors, uh, push to find ways to have a minion, even if it might be a minion, it might not be. It's a little dubious. It's a little questionable. Rosh Sturmach tries to hedge all his bets, cover his base, cover his bases as much as possible to minimize the halachic risk. But uh, he he even he even Rosh Sturmach is able to find a way to allow for uh, for minion in this case. So that's the end of the presentation. Happy to take some questions. Looks like someone sent me a question. Um, why is sight the determinant for a zimun and therefore minion if hearing is the important part of the brachos and aliyah and other and aliyah and uh, getting aliyah and other aspects of minion? So why does sight matter? I think the reason why sight matters is uh, is that it's about forming cohesion. So there's really two different, I guess, to form the basic quorum of the minion, you need to have a group that's together. If you have a group that's separate, that you can't be a minion. You can't have a basic quorum of a minion. So for that, you need to either be in the same room or, according to some, sight makes you connected in that way. Hearing, that's less useful for forming the core minion, but hearing, as Rabbi Tzachak Yosef said, hearing is important for joining up to an existing minion. Why? Because hearing is what allows you to hear the bracha or hear the shmon esrei. So once that's already happening and has the imprimatur, has the stamp of being a, a valid minion, as long as you hear it from the outside, you can join up to it under, under normal circumstances. But you can't form that basic form. Hearing is not enough 
to, to form a community. I think there's a certain intuition to this, right? We, we, uh, we connect to people that we see uh, very frequently. There's something more intimate about sight than about hearing for those purposes. Other questions? Okay, if we don't have other questions, we'll call it here. Um, we should all be uh, so lucky to be Zoha that uh, we are, we, all, all those who are sick with coronavirus are healed and uh, we, we should all be safe and we should be able to return to davening in our regular minyanim in the uh, natural and safe way very, very soon.